The Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice in the car at home and everywhere you take your phone. The Assistant is the best way to listen to your favorite Ringer podcasts. I highly recommend the latest episode of The Dave Chang Show. Listen to this. Hey, Google, play the latest episode of The Dave Chang Show. All right, playing the latest episode of The Dave Chang Show, Angela Duckworth, explaining grit, The Dave Chang Show. Hey, Google, pause podcast. Yeah, that's how easy it is. A little help, hands-free. Just say, hey, Google, to get started. Hey, Bill, you just threw a donut in the hot zone. (laughs) (laughs) This is the Den of Thieves Rewatchables. Federal Reserve. And the bank that's never been robbed. That's why we're gonna rob it. Gang bangers, these are not. They're addicted to heists. Sooner or later, they'll need their fix. You're not the bad guys. We are. Friday. Make sure he knows it's home. Well, I'm gonna let you know now. Better wear your best. And by move, you shoot. Do we look like cops who arrest you? I just shoot you. Boom. Den of Thieves. Chris Ryan, Bill Simmons, Shay Serrano. What's up, Shay? Welcome. Yo, yo. He eats the donut. <laughs> he sure does. The one with the sprinkles. It's a crime scene. There's dead bodies everywhere. It is definitely like, a crime Let me grab scene. a donut. I'm hungry. I'm I don't think he over. follows proper procedure. No, Big yeah. Nick does what Big Nick wants to do. We are Big here Nick. to talk about Den of Thieves. They say we do, some of them we do for them. Some of them we do for us. I think we're doing this for everybody. This, this is, is on cable everybody. all the time. This one goes out to Pablo Schreiber this. to this 50 Cent. as perfect a rewatchable movie as y'all have ever chosen. If it's on Showtime every night for two straight years, then people are watching it. That's my take. <laughs> you, you know what I like it? Is when you're potting with a chip on your shoulder. Nobody oh. believes in us. <laughs> we're going to make this one good because this is a movie that we share. This Here's is a very thing. special film to the three of us. They... They have the intelligence and the data on who's watching their networks when they show different things. They so know what's going Den on. Den of Thieves and The Town and Social Network and all these movies are just on all the time and cast away. With all due respect, that to means Den people of are and watching the them. Social Network is, is perhaps like no. at a different. Listen, those are all equal I'm, level. I'm just saying, every single one. Certain movies are rewatchable, and they know this, and they keep putting them on television. Why? Because people keep watching. So them. let's talk a bit a little bit about why Den of Thieves is so rewatchable. Uh, this is a movie written and directed by Kristen Gudegast. It came out in January 2018 to, I think, middling reviews. I think 41% Rotten Tomatoes. It's a slow burn. Yeah, a slow burn. Made 15 million its open weekend, which is very respectable. That January slot is where they put a lot of genre movies. That's like the gray, you know. Mm-hmm. It's where they, they, a lot of like crime films, a lot of genre movies tend to come out. Did January you say 50 or 15? 15. Okay. On its way to a $44 million domestic haul, but since then, as we have alluded to, it has taken on a second life on cable. It is constantly on Showtime. And I feel like, I feel like it had a bump, like right when it came out on Apple, on iTunes. You would see it like in the top rentals. Like people were really checking. You think for this Eddie movie. Q bought some Den of Thieves stock? <laughs> <laughs> just told them Tim Apple is just sitting there. top left placement. <laughs> Tim Apple when he gets done doing his Brazilian jiu jitsu <laughs> and just lifting in his garage <laughs> throws on Den of Thieves. Uh, look, this is a movie that's fully aware of the movies that it's indebted to. So much so that I would <laughs> that's say that's a kind way of putting it. The uh, the first scene of Den of Thieves is essentially the first robbery from Heat and the climactic bank robbery scene from Heat in mm-hmm. one scene. Um, but here's my opinion about that, Shay. You tell me if I'm wrong. Well, so Shay is, Shay's a bad judge of this. No, I'm the it's best not like judge of ma- this. It's no, not Shay, like they stopped making King Shay's Lear. Like, it's, it's not, they're not ripping off. It's, they know they're ripping off, which makes it an homage. <laughs> no, That's exactly what I'm going to say. <laughs> they keep making Hamlet. Yeah. They keep not- making King Lear. 
Yeah. They can keep making heat. Is there any world in which you, if I'm like, hey, it's a lot like heat, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch it then. I, yeah. would, I wish they were making heat again right now. <laughs> Just keep making this. That's what I'm saying. There's no, if you're going to copy a movie, can they copy the fucking, the best one that's ever been done? Go yeah, for but, it. But you were late to heat. We I had was to like late. really hammer you on yeah, this. I was this is a real was, hole. You're writing a movies book and and you hadn't really dove into heat correctly. I but was now, super you, now you late. get it. Yeah, now I get it. Maybe like two, three years ago. I got tired of y'all making fun of me. I sat down and watched it. I was like, everybody get out of the house. Yeah. I'm going to just, I, I put on a gray suit, like De Niro in the in the pictures that I've seen. And I just sat there and stared at it. It was really good. It was like, it was one of the movies you watch and you go like, oh, this is the best heist movie. Did I've you then seen. turn to your brood and say, I am not lonely. I am alone. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as, soon as they came home. Shay told his wife, I got to get it on, man. I got to get it on. I'm so, on your corner. Yeah, there's a lot of movie references in this. Obviously, you have a little bit of heat to live and die in L.A. I'd say that the fact that the FBI agent literally calls Nick Bad Lieutenant would be an indication <laughs> that they've seen the movie Bad Lieutenant before. But to me, the reason why this movie is so rewatchable, and we can get into this, is that it is at once a crime film and a heist movie, which is different. Those are different things. A crime movie is interested in the culture around crime. Mm -hmm. A heist movie is interested in the mechanics of a heist. Right. This movie is both. Both. This movie has the whole movie that's like Pablo Schreiber's character and Nick, and they used to play football and used to be in the military, and now they're chasing each other throughout the city. And then it has the Donnie plot, which is essentially the Italian job, mm -hmm. which is essentially like a heist movie. So in my, my mathematics here, I'm saying like the town is a crime movie because it's mostly about guys in Boston who rob banks and like where they grew up and what they do and how they want to get out of there. But the Italian job is just about driving minis through Rome and escaping with a lot of money. Right. You know what I mean? Do you mm -hmm. agree with that? Yes. Okay. That's a, that's a correct assertion. Well, the town knows that every 25 to 30 minutes, we're going to need somebody to get robbed again. Yes. Yeah. This movie, the reason I didn't love it initially is it starts with a heist and it ends with a heist. And then it's just an hour, 50 guys minutes Betty of Hanna. chess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Gerard Butler just really going for it. Yeah. you I remember you texted me two years ago and you're like, have you watched it yet? I was like, no. And you're like, Gerard Butler, man, he he just he just goes for it. He's and I'm like, what does that mean? He's like, he just he's just going for yeah. it. I'm like, okay. And then I watched it and I understood what you meant. He it's clear that he's drinking in real life as he's filming the movie. He's he's just so there's no way somebody could act this like beaten up. Yeah. Like his complexion of his face is fucked up. He's got drunk he, cheeks. Yeah, he They're it like looks like they might have had to crispy. Oh yeah. It looks yeah. like they might have had to like be like, hey man, uh we're canceling filming for today. Uh Gerard has bronchitis. He said he never wanted the filming to end. That it was one of the best jobs he's ever it had. It seemed like so much fun to yeah. work on. So yeah. they shot this in Atlanta, even though it's very much set in L.A. Um, that comes up a little bit more. Is that true? Yeah. And it, it yeah. happens. I think it affects the movie more in the second half. Uh, we can get into it. But I think that the, like in the beginning, you're really into the whole like, oh, this is like this is Gardena. This is Torrance. This is Hawthorne. This is all these like kind of satellite towns outside of Los Angeles. But then there's a couple of moments in the second half of the movie, like when he picks up his kid. It is very obviously like the East Coast in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> there just never looks like Los Angeles here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that that that's an that's an interesting point to go forward with. Um, so what what do you guys? I mean, what what other reasons why do you find this movie so rewatchable? I find it so rewatchable for a couple of different reasons. Uh, number one, it is fun. It's just a fun movie. The parts where they are like, all right, we're shooting up everything now. They like really start shooting up everything. There we we got assault rifles, and I'm gonna shoot this cop car a hundred times without yeah. stopping. 
uh, it's like a jolt. And they go from that to just being like, we're not going to do anything except stare at each other now. <laughs> and that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Like we, we're going to talk about heat a lot here, but like the best part of heat, the most interesting part of heat is when Pacino and De Niro finally sat down yeah. and, and they had that moment. And this was a thing that, that they had been building toward for like 20 or 30 years in movies. Like we're finally going to get this scene. Den of Thieves figured out a way to do that in like 10 minutes. And also, they did it five times in the movie. They're like, we've got Big Nick. We've got Merriman. We need to remember in, remember in Heat when this happened. Like, let's do that a lot of times. I would argue that maybe one too many it. times. No, I would argue, I would argue 10 too few sure times. I'm sure he needed to show up in the house after the night with the stripper. So there's I, a lot of suspension. I love it. I there's love a lot it. of suspension disbelief it. in this movie, which is essentially because of the Donnie plot. And I like the Donnie plot a lot. And when you rewatch it, the cool thing about it is I think the first time through, you're not really like even thinking about it that much. But the first the, after rewatching it, you realize that it's a little bit of a spy movie inside of it because it's also retelling this stuff from Donnie's perspective. Yeah. And once you know what the ending is, you can rewatch the movie and be like, oh, watch Donnie do this, watch Donnie mm-hmm. do that, knowing that look. he is basically the Kaiser Sose of the entire But that's why it's a rewatchable. Yeah. Because you pick up something new every time you watch it. Every I just watched time. it this morning. I got up at six in the morning, <laughs> had some coffee, watched Den of Thieves. And uh, I start every so the day. The first thing you heard this morning was just like unli- unlimited assault rifle firing. <laughs> My son came down, watched 15 minutes. There might have been a strip joint scene that was a little awkward. He was like, What's this, dad? I'm like, Someday, son. Uh, no, it's just, it's dense. There's a lot of stuff going on. And the first time you watch it, it's such a blatant heat ripoff that it's disarming and there's so much time between the two heists, but the, the, the chess match becomes what makes it so rewatchable. Mm-hmm. The, the, like the Benny Hanna scene is incredible mm-hmm. and it shouldn't work. It it's, shouldn't work. It's Cause just, it's like, what is happening? So stupid. Why? Like, why is that? We're going to get to that in the most rewatchable scene. We can, we can see yeah, it. But Benny it's just Hanna like, scene. like stuff like that. I could watch that scene like right now. Again, I just watched it. Yeah. I mean, I would watch any scene set in Ziggy's Hofbrow. Any, any <laughs> scene set in that bar. I want to, I have a thousand questions about that bar. I think the reason why this movie is really like, it, it survives repeat viewings too, is because of how uh, connected it is to, like, the characters are very connected to the place that the movie is set, even though it doesn't necessarily always look like L.A. Yeah. I really, really like the fact that they outline how Merriman and LaRue, like, come from, or Laveau, come from this part of L.A. Mm -hmm. They played football together at Mm -hmm. Long Beach Poly. They both served and were at 29 Palms out in the Mojave. That's where they were serving. They, like, this is what they trained in when they were serving, and now they're back, and they did 10 years in the joint, and now they're out again, and these kinds of high-end, really technically difficult crimes are back on the board. I thought, I think that, like, sometimes you always hear about actors being like, well, I wanted to know everything about my character. You know everything about this character. It's laid out for you. Mm -hmm. I also drove by, on my way to work today, I drove by the bank in the neighborhood I live, and I did think for three seconds how I could take it down, <laughs> yeah. which is when you know you've seen this movie too many times. Yeah. I'm like, I could do it. Probably go around 1030. That's when it's the quietest. <laughs> I would I would pull the move. I'd have two people and do the, we're not here for you, your money. We're here for the your bank's money. Your money's insured. Yeah. You guys are fine. Don't do anything to screw this up. Uh, but it is like you see these movies and you really start thinking like, well, how would I do this? Which is really fucked up because this is a really serious crime. And they did a lot of research on that. They apparently worked a lot with people about like, okay, it's impossible to rob the Fed, but if you were going to do it, how? what is the one thing you could rob? Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
for guys who are so forward on the muscles and they usually go in pretty hot and heavy, the Fed heist is incredibly difficult and technically like demanding in terms of like they need an EMP. They're going to get the money at this exact moment before it gets shredded. Mm-hmm. And then when they get the money out, it has to go into this kind of truck. And the way that they set that all up with what they're stealing and how he's like, yeah, we, you know, when the, when Marcus is basically like, why don't we walk away with this money right now? This is a nice haul. And he's like, we can walk away with that money and look over our shoulder for the rest of our lives. Or we can steal 30 and get away clean, which, you know, famous last words. You're really like, oh my God, what is this guy planning? What is this guy plotting? That's a, that's a, a good little segue into another part of, of what makes this so enjoyable is you see that part. And the first time you watch it, the first time you hear you want three and hot bills or, or whatever, you're like, but you still stole the $3 million. Like they're still going to be looking for that $3 million. And you don't realize until you get to the end, oh, they're using, they're giving them that money yeah. back yeah. when they're doing it. And this is why they took the empty truck. Like a bunch, they just do a bunch of stuff like that without explaining anything. And then you get to the end and they're like, yeah, I hope you figured out why we did all this stuff. And usually you don't until you go back and you rewatch it. You're like, oh, it make every single time, every time I've watched this movie. This is probably my most watched movie of the last like five years. Of the last few years, yeah, just because it's on so much. I have this movie recorded like on my DVR like four times. I (laughs) I see it and automatically I'm like, record. I need to. I need to watch it. It's a bank robbery movie made for bank robbery movie fans. Yeah, because there's just these little details like microwaving the money or like when they throw the packs of money in the sink to make the die pack explode. And you're like, I always wondered how they would, they would do that. Like all these little, little wrinkles. You're like, oh yeah, see, I've watched a hundred bank robbery movies. So this is actually pretty useful and fun for me. It's also got some, some, some kind of comically bad stuff in there, which is another reason I love it. Yeah. Butler's, as we said, really going for it. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent sure he's good in this movie. I just know that I love his performance in this movie. So that means he's good in it. It's an early two thousands, Nick Cage. Yeah. It's a Brian Brown and cocktail. It's just I think it's a little Russell Crowe. I think he's, he's it's a little like mid two thousands Russell yeah. Crowe. After like the wheels are starting it's to come Russell off. It's Russell Crowe with a little Caruso. It's like what if you took both <laughs> parts of Proof of Life and put them together? Right. It's Caruso and Kiss of Death and Proof of Life. It's just him reading the script and being like, "I'm gonna fucking own this. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, big Nick. really, really gonna be Big Nick. I'm gonna go to strip joints for three months to prepare. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting on twenty pounds. I'm gonna eat donuts at seven in the morning. I'm gonna try all kinds of liquor. I will be Big Nick. This is the second best character he's ever played. What's the first? It's the, the first one is Leonidas from Three Hundred, and then it's this guy. And then it's Clyde Shelton and Law Abiding Citizen. He's so he's so good in the movies where, citizen, where we're like, we're gonna get a little bit silly, but I need you to take this hundred percent serious. Yeah. He, he was he was probably trying to arrest people in real life when he was filming this movie. Like he I was bet. just he was just like if you put an it. awesome actor in this part, I don't think the movie works as well. He is an awesome actor. I think he is the perfect actor for this role, though. So I mean this movie. But I'm is saying been- if like Brad Pitt's in this role, it just doesn't feel right. You know, no, he doesn't have the right energy. If he no. commits to like the full on neck beard, not shaving, looks like he's been in a fight, he's looks not like he hasn't enough. slept in in three days. I'm just not. I'm this guy. I really believe has has been a cop for 25 years and fucks around on his wife, and his life is falling apart. He he looks he looks exactly what you need this guy to look like. Like they show him with his shirt off. Yeah. And he's like, you, you used to have muscles, I can tell, but it's kind of like going away from you. Yeah. He's, just, he's like in tight jeans and, a, and no shirt when he walks out of the bathroom. And you're like, that's exactly what a big Nick 
I think would look like. I think what you know this movie went through a very long and circuitous development pro- process where it was part of like relativity was going to make it. it it had been around for about 10 or 15 years as the script had been floating around and various names were attached to it which you can get into in the casting what ifs but I think it, it actually benefits from not having like I mean Gerard Butler's a movie star he opens action movies routinely but I'm really glad that it wasn't the heat setup of like two famous actors coming down to this level, I thought it was good that it was Schreiber and Butler because you really lose yourself in the movie. Um, I'll also say that this movie, outstanding fucking crew movie, really good crews in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like Heat. You get two crews this time. Yeah, they just really, upped everything. The Heat crew, it's like mostly about the bank robbers. Like you get a little Ted Levine and West Studi and stuff like that for the cops. Oh man, Ted Levine. But the cops and the bank robbers in this movie both get a lot of like time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you guys really briefly if we could um if we could power rank the cops. Power okay. rank Nick's crew. Go ahead. Um Baracho. Number one for me. Murph. Tony Z or Gus. Is Gus the black guy? Yeah. Gus is the black guy. He's number two for me. I have him last. Okay. What? Why? Because I think that's I was gonna do this in nitpicks. I think that's the part they could have dialed up and had like Dave Chappelle or Jamie Foxx. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't yeah. want him being I funny. Want, I needed like a star. No. My Mo- biggest nitpick with this movie is there's spots where it could have been funny yeah. and it chooses not to be. No, and you, you can't, be, you can't have any humor in this movie at all. I disagree. Wait, it's Dean no, Cook? It's it's no be good. Go. One person to kind of be like, just no. make fun of Big Nick like three times. <laughs> no, this is because if you do that, the whole movie is set up, especially the first time you watch it, but but he, maybe more so afterward. The whole movie is set up so that it's Big Nick versus Ray Merriman. Mm-hmm. And that's all you should be focused on is these two incredibly alpha male gorillas yeah. are just going to battle it out. And they do so many like little things to let you know it's going to happen. Uh, when we get introduced to Merriman, we see his name on the screen. And that only happens twice. It happens with him and, and it Nick. happens with Big Nick. And they're like, these are the two guys. They do the same shots. With with uh with Pablo when he's walking out of the prison and we get the back shot of him and yeah. you just see his wide shoulders going. That's how we get introduced to the big Nick character as well. He comes walking in the scene and you're like, oh shit! Like these are the two guys. You can't have somebody pulling away from that. We just we need to be headed toward that collision. Listen, my heart wants what my heart wants. <laughs> you can, you Mo make Ma- great cases. But Mo McCray, Dave Chappelle making like three jokes. Is here's here's gonna help this movie. Here's Mo McCray's best moment in the movie, and it's an essential part. This is Gus because uh, yeah, this is Gus. To let you know that Big Nick's crew is like Big Nick. When they're at Benihana and they show up and, and, and Big Nick is sort of doing his whole show and he's being very disrespectful to the women at, at the table and Gus comes walking over and he's like pulling them away. But in the middle of pulling them away, he gives like a very clear disrespectful look, like sort of salacious at the, the, at the women, the women at, the, yeah. at the table to like, I'm pulling him away and I'm protecting y'all but like, really, I'm not. Really, I'm I'm a dirty scumbag, just like Big Nick is, and he does it perfect. It's his best moment in the movie. Dave Chappelle can't do that. This is the same case Laker fans make when they argue they would have rad- rather had Derek Fisher than Chris Paul. <laughs> the, the, the Derek, Derek Fisher, Fisher made some big shots. He knew his place. You, didn't yeah. take away from Kobe. But he's right. He won like, five championships with Derek Fisher. Yeah, I agree with you. I yeah, agree that Momo Cray is perfect. You're pro, he's the I'm, Derek I'm Fisher of this though, movie. Baracho is the number one draft pick. Baracho's number one. amazing yeah. for me. Um, I love Bar- What else has Baracho been in? Tons of stuff. So he's, he's actually- He's like one of those guys. Yeah, he's in yeah. He's in practically everything. He's in Mayans right now. Mm-hmm. He was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like He's in everything. When are we going to address the biggest question I have in the podcast about 
how Shay feels about... That's Maurice Comte, by the way, Baracho. A lead character named Pablo not being played by a Latino Oh, actor. you want to get this off your chest? Want to do this later or now? Wait, his, his, but his real name is Pablo. His movie name is Ray. That's yeah, fine. He's just I saying... Mean, I mean, his name's Pablo, and it makes you think he's Latino, but he's Canadian-American. Oh, we, we, no, we claimed him. <laughs> you claimed we him? We claimed him. You drafted early, him? Early on. Just because his name was Pablo? We were like, Pablo, he's 6'5", he's got a beard, and we'll take him. First pick. Your guy could have been in this role, though. Which guy? Oh, Pena? No, he couldn't have been. He no? couldn't have done this one. I don't think so. Does it not alpha enough? Can he, you put it on 20 pounds? No, he's kind of like, he's a little bit more cerebral. Like if you watch Narcos Mexico, Pena's like a lot more like. I don't mean he couldn't do this like actor wise. I mean, physically. Yeah. Pablo so is 6'5". Pablo need... He's and yoked. They, and, and in the movie, they and they do this a lot on purpose. You could tell they shoot up at him a lot all yeah. the time so that he's just sort of towering over everybody. Even when him and Butler come nose to nose, like you can't have Michael Pena in that scene. Butler's 6'2". You need a guy bigger than him. To sort of look down. I didn't realize you drafted. You looked at the tape, oh, yeah. man. This right. is like the Jonathan Givney of action. I've well, seen this shit so many times. I, I know Shea has claimed some people over the years. I didn't realize Pablo is one of the so. one of the ones that we claim. Anything else before we get into the categories? No, we. Got, I think we have to do most of this in the categories because there's it's just we, so yeah. much meat. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, but we'll be back with the categories in just a second. Hey, we're taking a break to talk about Shay's book, which by the time you hear this podcast would have been out for a week. It is called Movies and Other Things. It is the second in the And Other Things, whatever trilogy, quadrilogy, <laughs> Harvard ends up meeting. It's a trilogy being. right now. Uh, you have a bank heist chapter in this book. That is correct. Explain the chapter. The chapter is we're going to build a perfect movie heist crew using characters from movie heists. So we're talking about Den of Thieves right now. The way we set the chapter up, there has to be like a person chasing your crew. And of course, I went with Big Nick from Den of Thieves. Of course, you did. I, I need, I need a guy like that. I need a guy who's gonna like beat you up and then take you into a hotel room and illegally interrogate you and eat a donut at a crime scene and eat a donut at a crime scene and wear, and wear jeans and no shirt or a leather jacket. I need that guy. I need Big Nick. We've talked about uh, what roles we would play, and I really want to be the driver. You're the driver. So if you ever do this chapter again, but it's just media people, yeah. I would like to be the driver. That was what it was originally. Yeah, then you changed it and made a movie And characters. then the publisher was, was like, nobody wants this. That was smart. <laughs> that was a good idea. And it's also, we should mention the first book from the Ringer Books Imprint. So we're proud to have you as our first author. What a better I'm choice. So I can't excited. think of one. I'm so excited. Um, thanks, for, uh, thanks for doing that for us. And we're excited for the book. You can still buy it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Um, you can go into the bookstore and buy it. You can hold it, look at it. Independent bookstores everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. You might do, are you going to do any holiday signings? I'm sure I would do a holiday signing or two, yes. Okay. Yeah. And you can follow Shay on Twitter as well if you want updates on all the stuff, at Shay Serrano. Correct. So there you go. All right, back to the podcast. Boom. We're back. Most rewatchable scene. Wow. Uh, this Tough fun. This, this is, is one a of those... movie centered around like five rewatchable scenes. Yeah, and I think that there's a lot of scenes that bleed into each other because mm -hmm. there is some flashback stuff, and there is you know that this the last hour and fifteen minutes is essentially one huge action yeah. set piece, but it's divided up into three. But let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, I like everything from the Hofbrau, like the first introduction at the at the Hofbrau, through Nick and the LASD click bracing Donnie in the hotel room, like that whole. Underworld. We're, so you're not going opening, opening scene? Yeah. The opening scene's great. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, like the opening Can robbery I make the at the case donut for the shop. Opening scene? Yeah, go, do it. Go, go ahead. I've lived in LA since 2002. There's a creepiness to LA late at night in parts that aren't like the 
you know, Hollywood and whatever, like once you go into the fringes and off the 10 and the five in these little side towns, right around three, four in the morning, it becomes one of those things like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like you're driving through, where is it, Hawthorne? Yeah. You're going through Hawthorne at three in the morning to get donuts. It's like. Have you ever I've gone seen, through Hawthorne at no, three in the morning to get to? I'm just saying, it's not it's not something I'd want to do. I think like that's the thing is that the only people really getting donuts at three in the morning are armored truck drivers. Well, but the thing thing about LA is there's so many people <laughs> and there's so much traffic, and then when you go in the middle of the night, it's just empty. Yeah, and it's fucking eerie. Yeah, and I think that opening scene it's like kind of like what eerie LA is like, where you're like, I could be getting donuts. And out of nowhere, these dudes could show up and start shooting everybody and heisting an armored truck. Yeah, they do That's take the liberties where they, they wet down all the streets, which happens like six times a year in L.A. Right, it's right. actually slick I out wish there. they did it every week. I know. Uh, but yeah, I just, I like the vibe of that scene. I I just, I love when there's the poor guy in the car. That's like the worst job. I would never, if I was the cop, I would never want to be the, the guy armored truck in, driver who's the armored like, truck my guy. job is to lock the well, door. Well, no, no, the guy in the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that no, poor guy. He always gets blown up. He's not even up. guarding anything. The driver is fine. He should just drove away. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But then they leave the donut shop guy open. Like, yeah. all of it. It's, and. Because they know to shoot uniforms. The cops come, and there's always a moment in these movies where you go, all right, are these the kind of guys that are going to kill cops or not? They go right for the cops. Yeah. They're going, like, right windshield. The guys are just, the yeah. first two cops are dead in two seconds. And it just establishes. All right, these guys are like even in heat. Wayne Grove snaps and kills the one guy, but they didn't really want to. They kill don't anybody. actually fire back at cops really until they didn't. Not until the, the end. end. Yes. But they yeah. never. That's always the last resort for those yes. guys. These guys are like, this is part of our thing. We're going to kill some cops, and that sets the tone. I think it's important. Uh, yeah, and to extend off of this, if we can make that scene a little bit longer. One of the things that they do here that we that we had not really seen too much in other movies is they have the shootout with the cops. And they're like, oh, cool, I get it. There's a hat tip to, like, heat is what's happening. Um, and they go to their to their little facility, to their, their the garage or to whatever. To their yeah. den. Yeah. And they have to do the, what the <laughs> hell happened? Yeah. They, do, they do this whole thing. And we've seen this before. And then they lay it very bare what the stakes of the movie are. They zoom in on Pablo as he's staring into the back of the empty truck. Yeah, this is, a, yeah, and this he, is really cool. And he's just like, we're cop killers now because he knows now that like life has basically got a clock on. And it. and as soon yeah, as soon as that happens, you're like they're either going to make it out of the movie successful or they're going to die. You're going to be thirty million dollars richer or you're going to be dead. Those are the only two options from here on out. Now I would have that immediately, scene and I would have Butler showing up because I fucking love that scene when he eats the donut. It's too early in the morning for your fucking circus. You, you just threw a donut in in the hot zone. No, yeah. I did not. You did. I did. That was fucking wrong. It was. I don't like you, Nick, or how you handle hey, police. Hey, hey, hey. What's up with that? I like you. He's got the badass guy, the the pain in the ass guy that's in every movie, giving him shit. Yes. And it's like, oh, so we're going to do this thing. That's Donut you in the Hot Zone. Yeah, you right. get to know both crews very, but I, very well. But we know Butler's character already because he's been in 700 movies. So it's like, oh, I get it. Right. All right, he's this guy. And he's going to do all these things, and here's the guy who's going to give him shit. Great and, little details in that those scenes where it's like, you better drink the palm juice. We're getting piss test on mm-hmm. Thursday. Right. Yeah. His crew is like, oh, God, Big Nick's fucking, yeah. here he goes. Well, okay, I have a uh, question, and I thought about this when I when I watched it recently. So I had gone through this period where I was watching like every big heist movie uh-huh. that had come. And uh, during part of that, I watched a movie called Rafifi. Mm-hmm. Um, from like the 50s or something. It's like French movie. And there's this really cool moment 
in that movie when they're like drilling into a, a from like the ceiling down mm-hmm. into a space and they drill a little hole and this is all happening like as quiet as possible. They drill a little hole and then they put an umbrella, a closed umbrella through the hole and then open it and then they start chipping away and the umbrella catches all of the stuff that oh, falls rather cool. than it hitting the, the ground. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool moment. So in the beginning of Den of Thieves, when they rip that window out of the truck, they mm. drill a hole in it, they put the thing in, they open it, and then they yank it out. And when I saw that, I was wondering, clearly they're hat-tipping um, heat, and then they also do like several other movies yeah. in there. But I wonder, is that one specific moment, put it in, open it, yank it out, are they also doing Rafifi? I bet if, it is. If so, then that's like— Because this is a movie that's, that's, a, that's obviously a in love with beautiful other touch. Movies. Yeah. yeah. Who so, wrote this movie? Christian Gugas, who's Gugas. Like the guy who directed it, too. So, yeah, I think that, that op- the opening sequence, the introduction to both of those guys, definitely in the rewatchable scenes. I, I just had Hoffbrow and Nick and the LAS- LASD click bracing Donnie because that's where the movie kind of, like, jumps up a level for me because you start getting into, like— Donnie telling the story of meeting people mm-hmm. and and also We're despite the around fact, a little bit because that first scene you're like okay so Nick's a bad guy cop or whatever and these guys these guys are like dirty maybe a little bit dirty but then when they get Donnie when he tases Donnie after the Hofbrau <laughs> I'm just a driver I'm just a driver they don't give me no gun I don't do no gangster shit they asked me to drive so that's what I do that's it fuck why have Merriman hijack an empty armored car I don't know. All right, they keep me in the dark for shit like this. If the cops come down on me, I can't tell them shit if I don't know shit. Now, y'all can hook me up to a lie detector, fucking polygraph, whatever y'all got. I'm telling you what I know, and that's all you'll get. Please, just let me the fuck go. And they take him to that weird hotel Uh. room where apparently they're allowed to smoke cigarettes indoors. I love that smoking indoors is still allowed everywhere in L.A. in this movie. (laughs) And they take Donnie to this hotel where they're also smoking and they also seem to have ladies of the night in there with them. And they're all drinking and eating chicken tenders. And then they're like, yeah, we have have Donnie. Usually getting Donnie would be midway through the movie. Like if they were going to play it differently, they would like finally like make contact with the other crew. But no, it's like, this amazing scene in this hotel room where Nick is like, you see this? And he points at his, his regulators. Regulators. Tattoo, and he's like, we're a clique. We mm-hmm. could say we're a gang. And this yeah. means like we own you basically. And it's just like this amazing moment. I'm in on that scene too. So far we're up to three rewatchable scenes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I also really like when Donnie is telling the story of meeting Merriman. And they do, honestly, the the Donnie goes to the backyard barbecue mm-hmm. and Merriman's just like eating skirt steak with nothing else. Yeah. And like we were talking before the pod story, but clearly this movie is sponsored by Dasani because all the guys <laughs> are always drinking Dasani throughout the movie. Um, here's well, a couple. That, yeah. Well, that, that scene, two good details. One is when he asks them what they serve for breakfast on Friday. Three silver dollar pancakes. Silver dollar pancakes. Three. O'Shea pauses a second. You're like, oh fuck, is he talking out of his ass? Uh And then he's like, three silver dollar pancakes. The other thing, these movies, they always have the outdoor scene when people are eating unhappily. Yes. Where it's like, yeah, come to my barbecue or come to my, come to this guy's house for Bank lunch. Bank robbers Let's be love clear. It's just like, just people eating At and no being suspicious. At no point is Pablo Schreiber's character ever eating happily. Like even if Benny no. wanted to, it's just a. Like, we're just, they're just all like eating their food. Like if you were like, come, come to my house on Saturday, having some people over and I got there, you'd be like, hey, we made it. Like whatever. <laughs> well, that's Bank what Nick, are just Nick's like, ex-wife's dinner party that he interrupts. They actually having a good time. Yeah, that's yeah, like the only fun meal. Great. Uh, some more rewatchable scenes. Uh, God, you got to go 50 cent in the prom date. So here's what's up. For the past 16 years, 
My daughter's safety and protection has been my responsibility and my responsibility only. Now, for the first time in her life, I see I got to hand you that responsibility. Don't fuck up. Or your mama will weep if she has to wheel your ass around every day the rest of your life. 50 Cent have meeting to the prom it. date, tucking his blood handkerchief in, yeah. and then having him come out into the back. And you for they play that scene really good because you think for a second he's just looking at the posters when he goes into the garage. Mm-hmm. And then 50 brings him in, and it's just like the entire offensive line from Long Beach <laughs> and Pablo Shriver. And the guy speaking, you know, Polynesian or whatever, you know, he speak, the Samoan guy is there. Okay, well, hey, 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 it's all right, it's all right. And, you know, it's just like your mom it. is going to be wheeling it. you around. So that's great. Let's talk about the Benihana scene. Oh, God, let's do it. This is my favorite scene in the movie. I think. Of course it is. It's, how could it? It's so it amazing. On somebody <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what the idea is here. So why does it's it's not a coincidence? Obviously, right? They've been trailing Donnie. What are they hoping to gain by introducing the fact that like we're on to you? We're all at the same restaurant. We're being so, disrespectful. So the idea is they're basically trying to do the heat. Where Pacino and those guys are letting the other guys know that they're onto them. Yeah. You apply the pressure and then hope they make a mistake. Yeah. That's and what we're doing at now. some point, probably Gerard Butler's like, hey man, what if we do it in a Benihana? And and they and he's just like, I'm really gonna I'm going for it in this scene. Also And they 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 definitely film different takes. Would like to go to Benihana, you know, like those cops probably like to eat a Benihana. They love Benihana. No, he doesn't though because he said the food food sucks. sucks. (laughs) But he loves it. That's his whole life though. Everything he loves sucks. I think (laughs) every single part. I think they filmed ten takes of him playing this relatively straight. Yeah, and then at the tail end, Butler's like. Can we do one where I'm just completely insane, (laughs) (laughs) like just for me? And they're like, sure. And then they use that take. He's he comes. First of all, like, why does he want them to, why does he want to blow the whistle on Donnie? I don't understand his motivation. There's a lot going on where I like rewatching the scene because of all the nitpicks I have with it. Yes. Like, Donnie is on the inside for him, basically, and he just blows his cover well, immediately. Also, let's just make some, say something one day at the top. Based on everything we know about, like, real life and these kinds of movies, if this crew had killed four cops, the city would be locked down. It wouldn't be like, let's play this out and see if they go to Benihana. They would just arrest them. But they don't know that they killed the cops. I think they're pretty, by that point, they're pretty. What what evidence do they have? They have any evidence. The day after, even when they're in the crime scene, they send the guy back to take pictures. It's like, how do they not notice this guy? Right. And they also say, some people, we're we're not the guys who arrest you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're not really waiting to gather evidence and put together good warrants. Mm -hmm. So that that is kind of weird that they're like, oh yeah, there's a bunch of cop killers hanging out at Benihana. Let's just go. Again, they don't know. And also, (laughs) like you're saying, they don't want to arrest them. They want to kill them. Right. That's what's, that's going on here. Is this the best Benihana scene of all time? So what are the other candidates? I don't know. It's got to be, right? Benihana is a really underused location. Totally. You get the, because everybody's sitting around the table. You got the action with the knives and stuff like that. Do you like Benihana? Nobody likes Benihana. No, but kids I, but, like but, it. Yeah, but I do, I do go to Benihana. So the, 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 move, cool. the move I want to see in a movie like this is where <laughs> they sit with the people at the Benihana table. Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. it's like it's usually like twelve Can you seats. Imagine if you're just there with Ben and Zoe, <laughs> <laughs> Butler sits down. You're in the middle Gerard on one Butler side. Pablo on one side, Big Gerard Nick. Butler on the Big other. Nick and Ben would probably and like, we like come hey, here man, for like the podcast. <laughs> how how fast do you get up if Gerard Butler's like we come here for the ass? And you're like all right, kids. Yeah, yeah time I mean, to go. Feel like there's another Benny Hanna. My son would be like, this guy's cool. Who is this? <laughs> but yeah, I want to see that in the next heist movie when people rip off this movie and he mm-hmm. and they just do another Benny Hanna scene. Just sit at the table the next I'm, time. When I when I write a heist movie, it's all taking place in a Benny. It's, the, it's, yeah. they're, it's they're, the robbery of a Benny. Yeah, they're stealing the like eighty dollars. You also have the possibility of a fight and then somebody getting thrown on the grill and You'd getting love burned. It. Yeah, which I, I feel would, like I would that's love. happened before. In yeah, some that movie. has absolutely a Benny Hanna fight. Somebody has no. been thrown on one of those flat top grills yeah. like that. Uh, my big question coming out of this, I don't want to. I don't want to w- wait to ask this. So Donnie's like, "Hey man, you spotted me at the gym," and they could do all the football stuff. The football stuff is amazing in the scene. Uh, the, you mean the concept of Gerard Butler knowing everything there is to know about this obscure football team? Well, because he played for South Torrance, <laughs> and those guys play for Long Beach Poly. Yeah, and he's like, we used to crush you guys when I was. He there. went straight from high school to the LAPD. Yeah, guaranteed. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But um, so they they he de- he basically blows Donnie's cover a little bit. I want to know how in between Benny Hanna and getting back to the garage. Pablo Schreiber is able to get them to set up an entire murder tent in the get in the in the garage when they get back. Mm-hmm. So like when they get back to the garage with Donnie, there's They're already ready. plastic on the ground, acid in a vat. They've got like the tenting going. It's like they're already the ready answer. to murder someone. This is the same thing I have with Jeff Chow at the Ringer. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I just text him tent. And he gets it all ready in the spare office. <laughs> up with the leather, yeah, like, with the leather apron. <laughs> just, a co- just a code, four-letter code. I take you to Benny Hanna, and I'm like, Bill, it's been a great seven years, but I'm going somewhere else. And I text Jeff, tent. Yeah, okay. And then that's it. It's like, Chris, we got to go back to the office and do a podcast. And this whole thing has become a, yeah. Uh, next scene is possibly the greatest scene in American cinema history. Did we spend enough time on Benny Hanna? I just Let's feel keep like going. If you want more Benny Hanna points, what do you think the order do we, was? Did they eat after? Like, I feel like there, well, there Pop, needed to be more with Butler's Merriman's insulting the eating. chef. No. No? Merriman's still eating. He's, he's, he's having, like, a plate of fried yeah. rice. It's him, like, it's him and Merriman. We left out the, the part time. when Merriman's getting pissed. Yeah. And he does the stand-up. He stands what does he say? Got family here, bro. Don't really appreciate you popping off. All right. All right, man. We really appreciate here, you bro. popping off. And it's like, Don't appreciate it's, you getting it's three strippers. <laughs> it's like, we have family here, bro. It's like, we have candy. It's that's, candy's night off from the strip palace. That's family right there. Yeah, man. I just, I love when he stands up. That part's great. I um, love this He looks scene. like he's 18 feet tall when he stands up. Oh my up. God. That's what, yeah, they're making him seem super heroic. It's like a comic book trick. It's great. Just coming from this angle. He has such a great chin that he just throws out there the whole time. Just every time. His head, his head is back, his chin is out. Like also really daring good, really good at chest tats. Yeah. Like the, the tats across the, the chest are really good for him. One of the great Latino actors. <laughs> yeah. Did you he's know he's Schreiber's half-brother? Yeah. I never knew this. I didn't either until right now. He's Ray Donovan's half-brother. I guess, I guess we're going to take sense, him. Right? We're taking him as well. NFL films, <laughs> you hard knocks, yeah. hard knocks, <laughs> narrator. Draft him. We're Next, bringing him in. Most rewatchable scene is probably my favorite scene in cinema history, which is the scene in the men's suit store. When's this happening? Friday. Where? I don't know yet. All I can tell you is Friday. TGIF. Um. You're protecting me on this. Ryan. We got your back, bro. Don't worry about a thing. 
What oh. the fuck is happening? Why don't we hang out in suit stores more? They, I love the idea that these guys are so well known at this place that seems to sell mostly leather jackets, cowboy boots, and remaindered suits. No disrespect. <laughs> But they have like a full like lounge area that the cops like clearly like are regulars at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that Gerard Butler's big purchase is like this completely out of style leather jacket, like half blazer, half duster mm-hmm. leather jacket. He's his leather jackets in this movie. Or arguably, yeah, are, are in the conversation for who won the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's established immediately. The guy makes a joke about yeah, it in yeah, the beginning, like, like, oh, man, look at that snazzy leather jacket. Yeah, and he's like, I can't even do this with you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> the FBI agent won the movie. Um, just the vibe, the fact that Gerard Butler is drinking coffee out of, like, an actual porcelain coffee cup. Like, why are they serving him coffee like that? And then the, another one of those, like, if Donnie is in, under so much heat from both sides, how is he just like openly going to meet these guys in public? Like, how does he, how, like, how is that? Well, happening? that's why they met at this place. It's still pretty in public. It's not though. Like, when's the last time you went into a store like that? I don't know, but I want to say having an entourage when they had the emergency meeting at Hamburger Hamlet because yeah. nobody's going to be there. Maybe that was the <laughs> Maybe Verrier and I should start having NBA meetings there and we just try on leather jackets. <laughs> We're just like, ah. I think the thunder might be better than everything. <laughs> what do you think, man? I would go to that store right cool? now. Yeah. I didn't even know a store like that existed where I could sit and watch other people try on men's clothes. <laughs> didn't know that happened. You maybe get a few extra rings yeah. for yourself. There's yeah, a lot man. of rings. We did like, Crisco. We went to go try seems jackets. to be enjoying himself. Murph seems really bored there. Mm-hmm. Murph's just kind of like, They've done this. Man, I can't believe we're at the suit store again. They've done this like six times. Can't we go to the strip club? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I really, this is where you get into, you have like the, basically after the men's suit store, there's this interlude that involves a lot of uh, uh, personal life stuff, you mm-hmm. know, for Gerard Butler's relationship to his ex-wife, his A little kids. too much. Yeah. Uh, the Same movie, problem with Heat, by the way. Yes. Although I would say that the level of detail in the relationships in Heat, the personal relationships in Heat, make it so that it's not like a waste of time, whereas... Everything around the cruise eh. is so detailed in Den of Thieves. And yet, like, the relationship with the ex, with the wife is just kind of like, it's any other ex-wife relationship. Like, there's no actual, like, detail or personality to it. Well, they weren't ex- when They weren't they, ex- Well, yeah. he, he signs the divorce papers yeah. at that guy's party. I, right. I do you like, could cut Natalie Portman pretty much out of heat, and it's the same movie. We, we can have this debate. Yeah, in, we have in before. In the reheat. In the 100th. Reheat. <laughs> 100th episode. Um, so, the next rewatchable scene for me, and this is kind of, these four are all part of one sort of or orchestral movement is the locked and loaded scene, which is oh, God. in every action movie, guys going like, and it, you know, the conversation around firearms aside, like this is a pretty high level locked and loaded scene. This like, is wonderful. They, this dude, Gus doing his like visualization techniques, everybody putting their vests on and then Pablo Schreiber giving like the lesson in the automatic rifle to Donnie. Pay attention. Always keep your finger off the trigger until you're going to shoot somebody. If and when that happens, safety selector switch. One for semi, two for full auto. Mag release. Out with the old, in with the new. Tug it. Make sure it's in there good. Slap the bolt home. You're ready for round two. Other than that, keep this thing pointed at the fucking floor. You understand? Yeah. It's just pretty high level. It's it's really good. Um, are, is that what all it, of the scenes that we're mentioning? No, how we're many, mentioning uh, a bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many bullets would you feel good about? Day of the heist. 
How many how many bullets would you want on you? Oh, you need several hundred. I think because they I have think these, those guys are like have thousands. Of so bullets. when you know we always talk about gun control in this country and rules we can make, it would seem like the guy who goes in to the to the gun store where buying the bulletproof yeah. vest and he's like. Hey, uh, do you have any bulletproof vests that can hold 2,000 bullets? <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's the guy we yeah. should flag. Hey, just maybe <laughs> armor-piercing rounds in general. These guys have, I mean, there's pockets left, right, behind, yeah. on the sides. They so those so guys, many bullets. And those he still runs together. out. Yeah. He still and he's, runs he's out. Still out. <laughs> At the end, he's like, fucking fuck. I only went and then you basically have the three final scenes are three discreet robbery scenes. Mm-hmm. The, the Pico Savings and Loan robbery, which is like the sort of fake... The fake hostage situation. I, say I wanted a tiny bit more from that scene. Well, because it's all setting it's a up misdirect. the robbery of the Fed, which in itself is setting up. I was the just shootout. saying, I thought the Pico scene was kind of a melee. Yeah, well, I think the Pico scene is basically. I wanted more from the bank it's manager. An, it's an he wasn't bouche. scared enough. The Pico scene is, is past hors d'oeuvres. They're just like, hey, here's a bacon wrap date. Eh, Don't worry about it. The try harder. Is coming. <laughs> try okay. harder. The Federal Reserve heist, which is very, very elaborate and very complicated, and it actually takes quite a while. That's long. Yeah. And what do then, you think was wrong with the lady's order? What do you mean? The lady O'Shea drops the food off and the one lady's like, this is terrible. I'm getting my money back and chases by. What do you think was wrong with the oh, food? Oh, it's just super old. Yeah, she's it's been sitting in the friggin' ceiling for yeah, like a week yeah. and a half. Yeah. Oh, that was probably it. I, that's, yeah. not, that, that's one of my nitpicks is that, mo- that, that food would have been stinking. It would have been like, people would have been like, something died in the men's room. We got to check this out. Why is there a bag of Chinese food in the ceiling? There's no way they would have gotten through that. I disagree. Okay. Here's what you do. Because he knew he you was doing that. Ice. You 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 put it in a little ice chest in the bag. They're not. They're, and even if they he check just had it, a plastic bag though. He just shoves like a paper bag up there. He has a paper bag, but like you, you can put stuff dry ice in there? inside of a paper bag. Like you get a little tiny. It would, it, that would have popped on the screen when it goes through the first time. They would have been like, "Why do you have dry ice in here?" No, not dry ice. You put like a regular ice chest in there. They'd be like, "Why do you have an ice chest? You're delivering yeah, the food." Because I'm delivering food. I'm gonna keep it cold. She ordered sushi or whatever it is. This is gonna be a nitpick. We can get into this. Uh-huh. So, Pico Savings and Loan, Federal Reserve heist, and then the highway shootout. Mm-hmm. Those are the last three. And then, like, I like the Kaiser Soze scene where they reveal everything at the end. But it's not necessarily you don't need to rewatch it. But like, once no. you got it, once you got it. So, I I gotta say, I really like the tail end, and I like. O'Shea Jackson going with the English accent oh. kills me. You work across the street? Yeah. Diamond exchange. That's right. Beer's on me. I'm always in for that. that. <laughs> Governor. Yeah. How long have you been walking across the street? Yeah. Mate. I, I have a feeling that... I have a feeling that the... I wouldn't know this, but I feel like the original script of this movie is the Merriman versus Nick thing. Mm -hmm. And that the Donnie thing, while part of that original script was probably expanded because that last two scenes is essentially like, let's make a sequel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. it's like big Nick realizes Donnie was the guy all along. And then it's like fast and furious international. We're we're in, we're in England now. Yeah. So I think that that was almost tacked. It's it's the sequel is big. Nick realizes that Merriman is Canadian American. (laughs) I just can't believe it. It's like, what? I, I, is he from Quebec? I got I to gotta dive into Big this. Big Nick the Mountie? Yeah. So, I have uh, two answers here for when we're picking most rewatchable. So tell not, me what it is. Okay. I mean, we have already listed 13 scenes. Yeah, we this also is, just yeah. definitely no, this like, not, this, is not, yeah. this is not more scenes. This is so like- You can put this in what seems the best though. Okay. Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll, yeah. Let's go to, what's the most rewatchable? I go Benihana. I'm going to go Benihana. Okay. And this is where I have two different answers because if you're watching it the first time, 
different scenes jump out at you. Like the Benihana scene is like a huge one where cop killers now is a huge one. The donut in the hot zone is a huge one. But uh, the shoot, the shooting range standoff, which we didn't even oh yeah mention, yeah, 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 yeah. another huge yeah, one. Just like shooting I lo- range should have been in there. I love each one of these. But after you've seen this movie five or six times, for me the most rewatchable scene is the is when they're interviewing Donnie in the hotel room, uh-huh. and you're realizing all of the like little traps that Donnie is setting for these guys, yes. and and also not even that, but all the little traps that the director and the writer. Uh, is setting for you as well. Like they make a very clear point for Gerard Butler to be like, oh, that was pretty believable. And you're like, yawn. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you're like, oh shit, it really, like it was very believable because we all bought it. Nobody saw what was coming at the end. So I think it was the first time you watch it, shooting range is the fifth time. Give me the hotel scene. I just, I love watching and realizing in this moment. That Donnie's playing these guys. Donnie is playing these, these guys. And also that, but also realizing right now that O'Shea Jackson is like a fucking incredibly gifted actor. Right. And nobody saw this coming. He was in NWA, straight out of Compton. And you're like, hey, he's, well, he's really good in that He movie was too. really, really good in this movie, um, but I wonder if he can do something else. And then he does this. Sounds and you're like, like Shay's going to draft him. This guy's, a, this guy's <laughs> a movie star. He's a movie star. I, uh, so we're going to do what stage? I still go with Benny Hanna. I go with Benny Hanna. If, if I'm flipping channels and that scene's about to come on, I'll watch it. Benny yeah, you're like great. For what stage is the best though? Shooting range. The part when uh, they realize each other's there. And Merriman just like starts unleashing what like yeah, they take 40 tur- bullets yeah. in a row. Yeah. And Butler's kind of shooting and he's kind of like well, impressed. They, yeah. Like, yeah. They take turns. So so Pablo goes. Yeah. Um, or or Ray Merriman and then Butler goes. That moment when Butler has that look on his face, like, this guy's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both have <laughs> they both are diner, like sh- that's their heat dinosaur. Yeah. They just don't talk. It is. And they're just so what's the best? Man. I have speaking of that uh, Polish Schreiber's performance. I think actually on multiple viewings, you're like really. Im- I was really impressed by just how much he feels like he carries his body like an ex athlete, an ex military. And it's funny because so he's in Wire season two, obviously. Yeah, he's, he's Sabaka's he's son, and uh, which I just had been rewatching, and I was it took me a while to realize they were the same guy, even though they look alike. Because Pablo in this movie is so different than he is in the wire, but Mm -hmm. he's not really that different at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have always liked that guy. I I never watched a couple of the shows that he was in. Like he got nominated for an Emmy for orange is new black. I never watched that show. show, Um, He's totally different in that movie too. Yeah. You've got the same face the whole time and you're three different people. Well, I wonder like, cause the guy's obviously like a really gifted actor. I wonder if like, he's so tall, it actually holds him back. Like you can't when be in a Tom Cruise movie because well, when he you're looks like six twice five, like it, it's it actually becomes kind of a, an albatross because well, most that most of the stars are like five seven five eight. The other thing I was going to say was that he had come off doing that Michael Bay movie Thirteen Hours and done Den of Thieves, so he essentially had like a sustained period of training, military training, mm-hmm. and you could kind of see you could kind of see the results of that in this movie. I'm going to say something that really upsets Shay right now. Okay. I just want to prepare him. I'm gonna, should I leave? You all, you always do this every single time. You shouldn't leave, but I, I just, I all wanted right. to. Go ahead. Fast and Furious. We would never Get, touch that wait, movie. Okay. I know. This is already know, a bad start. I know. Vin Diesel's untouchable. Mm-hmm. Even Hobbs and Shaw, not the same without Vin Diesel. Nobody else could play Dom Toretto. That's Vin Diesel. If Vin Diesel never existed, Mm-hmm. There was no Vin Diesel. We I'm never had him in I'm our so lives. Mad right now. This is a real we never had him. Yeah. We never had him. We don't even have the option to have him. 
and we have to settle for another actor to be Dom Toretto, my first pick would be Pablo Schreiber. Oh, that's not bad. I thought I thought we were going a different direction. That's fine. I'm a big so Pablo guy. Here's like, my thing. Okay. Definitely like the best backup. QB wouldn't you for that have role. just? Wouldn't you have just cast The Rock? Originally, then as no, Dom? no. Pablo Schreiber could absolutely have done the backyard. Yeah, salut me familia. Yeah. Like he could have done all that. stuff. The Rock can't and, do that. Yeah, The Rock can't do. It. He can't do that. Can't do it. If if Pablo Schreiber is four inches shorter, he's Henry Cavill. That's who he is. He's Superman. Well, he's how do Superman. we get him in a Fast and Furious movie? He's got to be in. one. He can be like in eleven. Yeah, can he be the bad guy? I would like, love what him. What a fight scene! Because oh, the they keep making the bad guys into the good guys in those movies, right? Yeah, yeah but he could be like the bad guy who eventually just joins the gang. Mm-hmm. They overlook his seven murders of their crew. <laughs> yeah. Come on in. Anyway, uh, Schreiber's performance, Butler's performance. Yeah, based heavily off of Gene Hackman in French Connection. He said he was really inspired by that. Uh, you know, that it's unlike anything else in Butler's career. I think Butler's kind of like how we're going to feel about Devin Booker in ten years, where it was like that guy was talented. It's too bad. Where it, it should have gone better. I think it's going but then, great. But then Devin Booker has the stuff like the 70 point game and right. things like that, where you're like, wow, he did average 25 games. Gerard Butler he would never, never played... turn, turn down a chance to represent his country in the world. <laughs> well, <laughs> He's a... world game. It's like, I don't think, I don't think Gerard Butler, we're going to be looking at his basketball reference and there's like 150 playoff games. But mm-hmm. I think we'll remember him fondly. And, yeah, he's, and got the has, the... he's got the Has Fallen series. Yeah, like he's he's he's, like he's got really, a franchise. He's actually like a pretty big action star. But yeah. there was a moment when it seemed like he was going to be like an A plus lister, and it didn't happen. Is yeah. my point. Um, he he never quite got there, even when he was like in rom coms. Like they were they were really trying to sell him as this could be like Brad Pitt for this decade. It never quite happened. Yeah, I think he was the Russell Crowe. Like <laughs> Russell Crowe doesn't make movies like this anymore. Let's make let's. Make but he never work. had like the Russell Crowe beautiful mind. He never had Gladiator. He never had Gladiator. I guess 300 is he the He never had thing. the best movie of all time, Proof of Life. Right. Um, <laughs> he, has, he has Den of Thieves. He has, he has Den, Den of Thieves. thieves. He has Den Law Abiding Citizen. This is his Law LA Confidential. Yeah. He's like, going to have Den of Thieves too. He's not somebody's name who comes up at the Oscars. Right. Uh, what else well, makes the best? <laughs> I have the cop I'm names. Sorry. We talked about this. Baracho, Murph, Tony Z, and Gus. Those are just great cop names. What mm-hmm. else is age the best? Mer- Merriman's a Merriman? great name because I always he's call like him the worst Sean hanger Merriman. of all time. Yeah, I call him Sean Merriman. Yeah. <laughs> he played football, so I'm just like, oh yeah, Sean Merriman. No, it's Ray. Because it's like Merry Man. Yeah. It makes it seem like he's a happy guy. He's just a rough hang. Shay, what uh, what else is age the best? Anything? Okay. Yeah, I've got a, a couple of other ones. Uh, I, and I started talking about this just a second ago, but I, re- I like... O'Shea's arrival mm-hmm. as like I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a person in your lives for a long time. Let me in your let me in your movies. Yeah. Um good call. We, we didn't talk about 50 Cent's performance, which is really, really good. Bravo. It's 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 really tricky to do what he does. He's sort of he's the one guy in the movie where like we're gonna turn the volume down really, really low on you. And it's it's easy when you do something like that in a movie like this for it to just become like a boring part, but it has an opposite effect with 50 Cent. He's just so good at making everything feel like monumental. It has gravity to him when the, he's the, the, performing this way. It's not like unintentional comedy, but the moment at the end in the in the highway shootout, right before it starts, where Pablo Shriver's like looks at him and he's just like, We're basically gonna die. Mm-hmm. There's not like a single second where 50 seems to be like mourning the fact that he will ever see his wife and daughter. No, nah, he's ready to he's go. Just like, he's action. He's let's an action have, guy. Let's get into it. I uh I'm going to nudge back a little on this one. <laughs> oh, no. I was worried about this because, you know, 50, if 50 declares beef on you, 
It's it's really. It's, I think he's really good. You don't I, think he's good in this? I think he's fine. I think he's great. I would have. There's like, a reason they brought him back for part two. There's this is the Val Kilmer in heat scene in uh-huh. heat part, the kind of quiet guy who's mm-hmm. attached to the lead guy, and there's like clear affection and friendship, but he doesn't have a lot of lines. And I just think if you're comparing it to Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer is just better in Heat than 50 Cent is in this movie. Mm. He does more. It's a, you got to do a lot with a little. He does somewhat a lot. I, I love the way that But I, don't, that I also don't know it. who else should have been in the role. I was thinking, I was trying to think of what stunt casting would have been great. And I kept thinking about Ray Lewis in this part. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like Ray Lewis's first okay. movie. Okay. You don't have a lot of lines, right? It's mm-hmm. more like you have to be charisma and you have to be a big fucking dude. You, know you who have would to be have able been to put the garage scene. Ed Reed. Ed Reed. Ed yeah. Reed would have been Ed, dope in this movie. Ed Reed is is uh, does, that's a good pick. He, he seems like a, he seems like a good noble lawyer. And then friend. he could have one I'm hurt dog scene. Like you could give him one like real acting scene where he does like a speech or whatever. But otherwise, you could just be quiet. Well, what happens if you flip Mo McCray and Fifty Cent? Is it a better or worse movie? No, it's worse. You sure? Yeah. The cop the cop needs to be like kind of a slimy, skinnier guy. The criminal always needs to be a bigger, bulkier guy. They, their, body ta- their body types are too different. I want to say, I was thinking about Idris Elba too, but he's like too kind of famous and probably too old. I think yeah, 50 can, is pretty perfect yeah, 50, in this movie. 50 is great. I have one more, one more to add for what's age is the best. And I think this is a. Neat- I thought they should have played into club in the strip joint though, no, just to, like a shout no, out. There. No, <laughs> you keep trying to wall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> One more for what's age the best this is a, a neat little trick that they do, and we started to talk about it a second ago. Is Pablo's chin in this movie? Uh-huh. The, the way that they shoot it, the way that he puts it out there. There are two types of like fighters. If if somebody's been in a lot of street fights, there are two types. You've got the guy who puts his chin out there, and he's like, "I'm fucking ready to go. I'm daring you to hit me right here." And my, this is my knockout button. Hit mm-hmm. me here and it's over. Come and get it. And then the other version is a guy who tucks it away and he's a little more disciplined and a little more measured. And he's like, he's going to make you earn it. You're going to have to get through the top of his head first. And that's really like a clever thing they do with Pablo, especially when you get to the end of the movie and you realize like this guy is just all in yeah. for everything. Yeah. Of course, he would be the guy who always puts the chin out there when it's like, when it's go time. And he's like, he's if not you, hiding if you, anything. If you make me fight, this is what's going to happen. This is, yeah. 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 So this Chris, is what you're getting. So Chris Ryan. Yeah. Like, yeah. And Bill's like 10. Chris Ryan takes off the glasses. I know. That's <laughs> I'm like, hold on a second. I have to you're get like, my wrist, my, my carpal can, tunnels acting up. Can somebody <laughs> hold my glasses? And then the chin comes out. Uh, what's age the worst? Did you have I any more what's age the best? Yeah, I had a couple more what's age the best. Just, I love that you're going straight off the top here. You don't even need notes nah, for this. I don't need notes. Um, <laughs> the dinner scene just unapologetically rips off heat. The Benny Taking back the, no, no, the when he when he crashes the double date. Oh my god, yeah. It just unapologetically, unapologetically rips off the Pacino taking his TV Sit back. Down! Yeah. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. Um, and they don't care. And it's it's ludicrous. I have no idea why he goes there. I don't know what his motivation is. I don't know why because, this lady's on a date so fast. I know. She she her whole marriage has just fallen apart. She's like, I'm gonna get a dressed up dinner date. Get the get babysitter so for the kids. You're going to. Don't you think maybe she's been ready for this marriage to be over for a yeah, while? She knew, and maybe she's like, "This guy's texting strippers, I accidentally also, sending me texts to strippers." I also <laughs> love when he comes home at six a.m. Yeah, and he's like, "I was on a, was on a, a, a whatever a stakeout. a stakeout," and she's like, "You texted me oh, this thing," and he's just like, "That hurts." Do you know? I do, probably did do that. Do you know what he texts her? 
What is it? It's This is the message that he writes. You a bad bitch. That was so hot. No punctuation. He capitalizes the so, S-O. That was so. And then he capitalizes the H in hot for some reason. And that's a great, that's great. tut. Like, that's how Big Nick would text. And the one right before that is she's asking him. Uh, they're having a conversation. She asked him to pick up something from the store um, for their one of their daughters. He's like, all right, I'm probably going to be home late. And she asks what time. It's like 9 o'clock. What text. time? And he never texts back. Except and that's, you a bad bitch. That's the next one at 5-something in the morning. Yeah, you I think a bad she's allowed bitch. to go on as many dates as she wants as fast as she but wants. The, the, Felt abrupt. The reason <laughs> oh, he shows up there is because he just he sets fire to everything. Everything yeah. he touches, just <laughs> gone. It was good. I was going to say, what stage the worst is Nick's personal life? On repeat viewings, that's just kind of like... You get it. You could kind of have maybe like he could even just get served papers. You don't really need the whole like him going to, you know, call his daughter Pookie before. Well, what's age the worst is like where his daughters are 11 years from now. And they're probably (laughs) dancing at the place Big Nick is still going to. (laughs) And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) I think the the mom did a good enough job. I think they're going to be I don't know. I think those daughters are She got him out of there quick. She's like, all right, we're gone. Um, Another what's age the worst for me is, and this is, I guess, a nitpick, but. I just feel like they would have had a better plan at the end for we're in a ton of traffic and these cars aren't moving. Other than just, are they behind I us? I mean, we could spend about I half an hour I, talking about this. I, no, I, 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 I have an explanation for this. Yeah. I have an explanation for this. This is, this is, this is why this you happened. Wanna, should we say what's aged the worst is the dynamics or like the physics of the last shootout? No. Let me tell you why it happens this way. I needed There's a, a reason to understand it more. There's a reason it happens this way. And, and the reason that the, the the actual heist for an hour that, that we're watching them do this is so, so smart. And then when they get to the end, it all just sort of falls apart. Yeah. And that's because Donnie planned all of the heist. So Donnie, Donnie was, knew there would be construction in that spot? No, Donnie, Donnie probably didn't know that part. But he knew they were going to have to get away and whatever. He was going to be gone by that point because he doesn't go with them when they leave. Donnie knows he's going to get caught. He knows that the, the, that they're watching him specifically. They're going to pick me up. I'm going to have to get out of the handcuff, whatever. But Donnie plans that whole heist for everything. That's why all of the pieces are exactly right. Pablo mm-hmm. didn't plan any of that. Merriman didn't plan any of that. We don't, we don't ever see Pablo do anything smart. We just have Donnie telling us, oh, he's a real smart guy. And we we're led to believe he planned this whole thing. But Donnie did all of that. So he's given him the test answers. Boom, boom, boom. I can answer every question. Here's what we got to do. And then when Donnie is out of the picture and he's no longer giving them the directions for what needs to be done, everything falls apart. So wait, let me ask you this. Does Donnie anticipate being picked up by the cops and taken to that shootout situation? He he anticipates being picked up for sure. And he probably assumes we're going to follow along to go get get the rest of the guy. But he knows they're going to get him the same as he Common sense is like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like there's cars in front of us and behind us. We're we're getting out of this. Mm -hmm. We're- we're ramming into these cars back and forth to a room. We're going on the road and we're leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Versus like, hey, you know what might work is just a shootout with 130 cars. Go Come on. I also Come just, on, Merriman. I mean, even Big Nick probably is like, this is really dangerous for the civilians around. Well, they tell him. There's, there's another look, cool little details when he tells him to get behind the engine block. Yes. And you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Like, oh, I get it. Because the bullets can't get through there. Um, Did we ever get an explanation? Uh, what's age the worst for me is why is he called Big Nick? He's Big Nick. Because he's big. He's six two. He's Dick. <laughs> what do you want him to be he, called? Yeah, probably in college he was like Big Dick Nick, and then he became a well, professional. Well, that's right. I think they could have like, thrown in to, a little bit, like just to a nod to like Torrance. He was called Big Nick. The Big Nick's linebacker. like hung like a tripod. It's just like mentioned quickly, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I get it. That's why he's Big Nick. What else is age the worst? Uh, I mentioned this before, but like, there's some scenes where you're just like, that's Atlanta. 
this is like this. Yeah, this is this is just oh, this is only a, like an LA nerd. That's thing. an LA because nobody thing. who doesn't live in you, LA. I, I, that that now bothers me, and I didn't even notice it. Casting what ifs? This iteration. Wait, we're done with what stage the worst. Oh, okay, we going. I, I have oh. a lot of stuff that's more like nitpicks or unanswerable. Guess questions what I have for what age the worst? Not a damn thing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I. Greg doesn't even like this movie. And he's like, we're talking about the Godfather here. <laughs> I, I think they missed a couple spots to stunt cast. You've, you, you've said so. I hate the stunt cast. I hate the stunt cast. I wanted the actress who plays his uh, disgruntled wife to be a little more famous. A like Catherine Keener? Eh, whoever the 2019 Catherine Keener is. Okay. Or somebody, could have even been like a... Jessica Alba, like somebody surprised Jessica me. Jessica Alba, somebody is like married oh, man, to Gerard Butler. No, thank you. Okay, I just somebody that I know that I have a little history with versus like a blank slate. And uh, I already mentioned I, I would. Uh, what's the guy's name? I didn't like. I would. Where Gus. I would put Chappelle? Gus. Oh, Gus. Momma Cray. Gus is like one of the best parts of the movie. Yeah, I just want a terrible from decision. Gus. That's I want him to be funnier. That's a terrible take. Yeah. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. No, no. You're three outvoted. jokes. You're outvoted. Three jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Casting what ifs this movie was floating around for a really long time. The iteration of the movie that we get, like there's not a lot of information about like, oh, this was about to be this person, but it wound up being this person. But since it had been floating around for a long time, at various points, Sylvester Stallone was attached. Apparently thank to play no thanks. No thank you. I mean no. he's uh, like twenty five years too late. The for Rock that. was a was a was attached to this movie for a while. Uh, on the set of Skyscraper, Pablo Schreiber said that the Rock, he told The Rock he was going to be doing a movie called Dead of Thieves. And he was like, oh, I was supposed to do that movie 10 years ago. And well, then, ironically, if they did move, do the movie 10 years ago, he's the 50 Cent part. The right? Rock? Yeah. Yeah. I guess I mean, 10 years ago, he was pretty famous. He probably would have been one of the leads. He, I don't think he takes that role. Yeah, he's, he's not, he's not going to be the bad guy. We still haven't gotten villain Rock yet. Yeah, he went to. Um, and Sam Worthington was also attached to this movie at various points. But I think they got the casting largely right, except for obviously Dave Chappelle. Part that we, you know, was uh, no, sadly missing. I just there, talked to Dave. He would have done it. There's yeah. not one single role in this movie that that you need to change. Gerard Butler, perfect. Pablo, perfect. O'Shea, perfect. Fifty, perfect. Maurice Conti, perfect. Yeah, 50's, Evan Jones, fifty's fine. Perfect. Momo Cray, perfect. Let's take a break to talk about Luminary, a podcast subscription service with some of the best content around. We love Luminary here at the Ringer because it's the only place you can listen to our amazing new podcast, Sonic Boom. How Seattle Lost Its Team, hosted by our very own Jordan Ritter-Khan. If you're a fan of sports, great investigative journalism, or both. And if you're against NBA teams getting stolen from their cities, and I hope you are, um, I would listen to Sonic Boom. This is a topic that is passionate to me personally because um, I just couldn't understand why the league stopped the Sonics from getting stolen from Seattle and moved to OKC. Nobody seemed to really care that much other than the people in Seattle. I think maybe if it happened now, it would be a bigger deal. Uh, you can find out why it happened, and we uncovered a lot of stuff in that podcast as well. Along with Sonic Boom, Luminary offers more than 40 podcasts you can't find anywhere else, including The Rewatchables 1999 and Break Stuff, the story of Woodstock 99, uh, two podcasts from The Ringer. It's a, the app is free to download, gives you access to way more than just their own content, thousands of other shows, all kinds of things on there. Get your first two months of access to Luminary's premium content for free when you sign up at luminary.link slash rewatch. After that, it's only $7.99 per month, luminary.link slash rewatch for two months of free access. Cancel anytime. Terms do apply. Half-ass internet research 
I have to say I'm pretty proud of myself on this one. Yeah. I went a little bit above and beyond. I didn't just read Wikipedia. Well, you love this movie. Um, would you guys like to know who else went to Long Beach Poly? What other football oh, players here we go. went to Long oh, Beach Poly? Let's go, baby. This is great. This is really, it, it's, it changes this a little bit. Deshaun Jackson, Juju Smith-Schuster. Philly, Philly Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Went to Long Beach Poly. He could have played Momo Juju Smith-Schuster and Mercedes Lewis. And six other future NFL players all went to Long Beach Poly. Nobody really that famous went to South Torrance. You know my take on Long Beach. Underrated? Most underrated part of California. Is Probably, that, I have it, no idea why it's... Is it is a completely separate fucking part of California. So I know, you, but I have no idea why it's not... But you might as well live in San Diego if you have to get out to Long Beach. But well, Long day. Beach should just be way more expensive and people should be like clamoring to live there. I don't get it. It's right on the water. It's no different than Orange County. It's no different than... Manhattan Beach, any of these places, it's the same thing, but for some reason has like hasn't caught on yet. I predict big things for Long Beach. Good, okay. Is, is Long Beach the same school that Jake went to in Training Day? Did he play high school football there That's as well? A, oh man! So we have to talk about whether or not Jake. It would be funny if Long Beach, like their football team, was just terrible, except for <laughs> when your Deshaun Jackson was on it. Uh, Butler gained twenty to thirty pounds for the role. Oh, uh, happily. Like I said, Pablo Schreiber used some of his weapons training that he received. From Butler kept eating the donut. I mean, there you, was no like fake donut. They did 20 takes. You guys, if you need that again, I can go back and get another donut. Uh, <laughs> he Jay, picked up smoking. The uh, the character of Big Nick is loosely based on a guy named Jay Dobbins who worked as a um, sort of technical advisor on the set. Uh, he had a really good quote in a interview with Slash Film where he said, from my experience, the reality of it, meaning police work is not sexy, uh, not glamorous. It's nasty, dirty, grimy, bloody, vomit-covered covered scab of a life. When I went Jesus. into it, I thought it was Miami Vice, but I realized quickly that it was nothing like that. Very, very few people who did that job with a Rolex and drove a fancy car. I, I hate Don Johnson. So it was a true-to-life, apparently, he was like, you know, a lot of what they were going for in this movie was to try and get the details right, even if the actual story was pretty fantastical. Mm-hmm. Best That Guy, a.k.a. the Joey Pants Award. That's it for half-ass internet research? That's, I, I fucking found out who went to Long Beach Poly. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I wanted more I'm about, I'm out here like, looking at football reference after a Vampire Weekend concert. I wanted more it. about, like, is do they really destroy money? I never knew that before this movie. Oh, they definitely That they're do. just like, yeah, we're good like, with this money. We're going to shred that it. part of it might be real, but I don't think you could, I don't think that there's ever a point where it's like, oh, we can just take the money right before it gets shredded. That's the thing they do in Logan Lucky, too. Like, that's the whole... Oh, yeah. I need more info on this. Okay, sorry. No, not from you, you, just in general. I want somebody to write like a giant feature about it. I want to understand it. (laughs) Um, For best that guy, I have one nominee, and I think this guy's the winner. I think it's Bosco. Which one was that? Uh, Evan Jones. Bosco. The the, the little guy with the weird face who's like in the crew. Did you have anybody else who you think would be like the Joey Pants, that guy? The Baracho. Baracho. Murph is Brian Van Holt from Cougar Town. Yeah. He's in Breaking Bad. Um End of Watch. Yeah. He's big evil in End of Watch. Like, this movie has 30 that guys. Yeah. I love it. It's tough them. to the um the security guard who O'Shea has the two deliveries. Yeah. And he's just eyeballing him. I feel like that's a that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have any lines, just but that guy's preempt, so good as preemptive like, that guy. You just think he's gonna reach for his gun each time and he just doesn't, but he's just total eyeball. Great job by him. Yeah, he does a really wonder really wonderful job building some tension there. Good eyeballing. The Saul Rubinek they knew oh, award for overacting. I mean Honestly, that's Gerard Butler's from start to finish. With a bag of donuts. It is Gerard Butler, start to finish. I actually think the better question is what is his peak Saul Rubinek 
moment in this movie. I would actually say it's his first scene with yes. the agent uh, when yeah. they're going back and forth and they're trying Tennis? to have Banner. Big Nick, original gangster cop in the flesh. Bob and Bob, huh? How's that mean tennis game? Oh. Oh. <laughs> mm. Look at you, man. Where'd you pick that up? Nice suit. Oh, now what you're shopping. I can't afford it. I mean, how does a county sheriff pay for such a beautiful piece of men's fashion? Are you kidding me? This piece of shit? Ah, this is garbage. Look at you. This thing's dead. Must pull all kinds of escort in that, no? He's just dialing it up immediately. Yeah, he's he's on 10 immediately. He does a bunch of cool stuff right there. My favorite thing is when the guy's in the middle of talking, he's like, I, I really don't like you, and blah, blah, blah. And as he's talking, he goes, hey, 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 what's up with that? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I like you. Uh, so Gerard Butler wins Saul Rubinick. Dion Waiters Award. If the implication here oh, is that he was overacting and that means it was bad, then I I, I just want to— It doesn't you know, mean it's bad. For the it record, he was I think, he, mean he's dialing I think it up. he was perfect. Yeah. Dialing it up. It's exactly Dion what Waiters I wanted. Award for the heat check. Oof. Doing the most of the least. You know, one of the things about this movie that I think makes it so good to rewatch is because a lot everybody kind of plays their part and knows their role. Mm-hmm. And so you don't see Bosco or Gus or Baracho, like they don't go over the top and try and steal scenes. They're really like in the in the moment. I have a suggestion for this one. Okay. I think it's the big Hawaiian guy. <laughs> Which one? The Low one who usage talks? rate. Yeah. Low usage rate. Not really Marcus, a lot of lines. When Marcus is like, bro, why, why can't we just cut cut loose right now? That guy? Yeah, not a lot of lines. I, I w- He's good in the garage yeah. scene. He's intimidating. He starts speaking in a different language. I watched. I like that guy. I watched Den of Thieves 15, 20 times before I realized there are two children in that scene as well. They're like <laughs> little, like six-year-old, seven-year-old kids. One of them Wait, sitting on the- in the prom the, scene? Yeah, in the garage. <laughs> One of them sitting on the bench- <laughs> with a with a guy and another one is just standing there also postured up like he's going to do something i i i never realized the it other the, one of my other favorite like details that i noticed after like 10 viewings of this movie the cops in their major crimes unit office have, have a, a, be- a weight bench a, in the a back bench press yeah can you imagine just being like ah god i just drank like a fifth of johnny walker Probably did a little blow, went to a strip club. I'm going to do some, I'm going to lift some weights. Yeah. I'm going to do some bench pressing in my office. studio. You get a couple of sets office. in. I like when, uh, when Bosco. Rus- would probably appreciate it. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Bosco gets serious for a minute in the beginning and they ask like, where did, where did the guy get shot? He's like, it's femoral artery. Femoral artery. Like, He's a goner. All right. Relax, Bosco. <laughs> femoral artery. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happened to that guy? The dead guy? Didn't, did they were. I think they, they're just like, he's dead. And then no, they but I mean, did him. they ever try to... They did. They, they try to connect him. They get like, here's his, here's his yeah. who he is, and here's where really he's remember sort of, that part. I that's when they start to part. put together all the yeah. like... When they're going through the stuff. From 05 and 06, we had all these crazy robberies. Then these guys did 10-year bids, and they come back, and yeah. the robberies start again. Uh, this is a new new category. New category. Now, we've kind of Let's already go, stepped baby. on this a little bit. Um, this is a Bill Simmons special. You can recast one part. It came from a uh, listener, actually. This is from a listener? Yeah. You can recast one part. What would you do? I'm, I wouldn't cast anything. It's perfect. Thank you. It's it's untouchable. Thank you. I don't understand. Is that That's Shay? Shay That's me. Okay. It's, it's a great impression. Great Shay impression. <laughs> great impression. <laughs> I would You're cast- like Kate McKinnon over here. I would cast yeah, would, Dave Chappelle in the Momo Cray part. What a mistake. What a mistake. What, what well, part you, in this you're movie underestimating you Dave Chappelle. No, I, what, what part what? What part would you want to play in this movie? Oh, I want to be, uh, I want to be Baracho. 
I want to be that guy. Yeah. He, I, I, I want to be Murph. Who would you recast? <sighs> See? Nobody. It's it's really tough. Like you you made the I, I know you're you made a kind of compelling case about 50. But I don't know who I would recast it as. Nobody. Jamie Foxx. Nope. No. Nope. Not big it's enough. Too old. Too old. No, thanks. I love that you guys are both convinced that a movie that's 41% on Rotten Tomatoes is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> we did a fucking 90-minute proof of life podcast. I love this movie. I'm just saying. It's All right. not, it's not, you're losing your... You're it's losing. not a diamond that we found in South Africa don't make me, and brought don't back make me and hit in my ass. We're almost done. <laughs> Apex Mountain. I don't appreciate you popping off, Bill. Uh, Butler, 100%. Apex Mountain, If Butler. this isn't Butler's Apex Mountain, I'm leaving. I mean, you, know, you think it's this is Apex Don't Mountain? Don't give me three hundred. No, fuck three hundred. This movie's gonna live on for a hundred years. <laughs> I think that's they the, play three hundred before Lakers games. Now, three hundred's already people are done with three hundred. Yeah, that's the that's the argument to make here. Three hundred was a like a bigger it was a thing, a bigger cultural moment. It, it but, was a thing, but it's and gonna it be, ended. But it's gonna be gone. Yeah, Den of Thieves is gonna be around forever. It's Den of Thieves not, gonna be on even, Showtime for a hundred years. It's not fifty cents. No. It's no, it's not you're 50 cents. It's What's 50 cents? Get rich or die trying? Yeah. yeah. Oh, when he was okay. the biggest it's Pablo star in the Schreiber's world. Apex Mount. Absolutely. Okay. He's Pablo. fucking awesome in this right movie. Right now it is, yeah. I think he's I think he's got a bigger career ahead I of just him. Said, I just said that he could have been Dom Toretto and Shade didn't punch me. Yeah. How is that not his Apex Mountain? Schreiber Apex Mountain. He's really good. Who else? What about uh Hawthorne? Um, I mean it's not really Hawthorne, so that would have been a step. In the right direction. How about Long actually... Beach Poly football? <laughs> Nostalgia. Poly. Is it Long Beach Poly to have two guys get killed on a highway, or is it Deshaun Jackson playing there? Yeah, maybe Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> yeah. What about Benihana movie scenes? Apex Mountain. Yeah, Apex definitely. for Apex, Apex for Benihana. Benihana. It's a it's this. Rocky Aoki. And then under that it was uh, that scene in the office when they go to Benihana. What about heist movies that rip off Heat? Apex, Apex Mountain. Mountain. Okay, for sure. I would say Dark Knight is the heist movie that rips off Heat. Apex Mountain. Oh, here we More go. More than this movie. Here we I mean, go. They, it was like two, like a couple, like it was like ten years after Heat. They were just like, let's just make Heat. This make movie ends movie. with Gerard Butler basically doing the Pacino De Niro hand thing. It is the most it's indebted like, oh my to God, Heat. I just, think, that. I just think that the the most popular movie ever made. You, to rip off heat was Dark Knight. I like that they made it seem like Butler and, and Schreiber had any connection at all. I know. It's just like, hey, It's man. like all these guys, these guys fucking hated each other and their closest <laughs> they ever came was a gun range where they shot next to each other. But they also kind of like each other. Now, uh, can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. This is like a a cool thing that happened is the last time I was out in LA, I was in the hotel just minding my business and my phone rang and it was a number I didn't recognize and I answered it and it was Gudegast, the writer and director of this movie. Yeah. And Are you saving like, this for like the 58th minute of the podcast? Yeah, what yeah, you yeah. He was like, oh, hey, what's up? I saw the thing. I wrote a thing about Den of Thieves on yeah. the ringer.com. I saw the thing you wrote. I really, I really liked it. I just want to reach out and like talk to you for a minute. And then we talked about Den of Thieves for like 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he was the nicest guy in the world. They're doing Den of Thieves 2. He was talking about that. He was asking, do you want me to tell you about Den of Thieves 2? And I was like, absolutely not. No, Don't I tell me one single experience. thing. I want to watch it in the theater. Are they filming that now? Yeah. That when that trailer comes out, oh god! The office, I don't know you're what's gonna flying happen. In for the office <laughs> yeah, Shay's on a Concord. They don't even make the Concord anymore. He's flying in. Uh, picking nits. I've worked in a lot less secure places than the Federal Reserve Bank. I still had to go meet the delivery guy in the lobby. Like they don't just let delivery guys go up into no. offices. No. I don't know. They let him into my office building. 
Don't Come you work right in like, like just like a rando place? Yeah, we don't have a lock or anything. Yeah, I think, <laughs> like a, yeah. My biggest nitpick is I think Schreiber's crew either kills Donnie or cuts ties with him before they the heist. definitely execute Donnie right after Mm-mm. Benihana. Yeah. The, no, the reason that they don't do that is because they know that he's connected to them. And so they need for the they need for Gerard Butler's team to be at the Pico Stadium's the, the fake Rome. location. Yeah. And that's how they get the information. Because he tells them, make sure they're here on Friday. I still think they're killing Donnie at some point before. After, they're probably the plan was probably to kill him afterward. We're gonna we're not gonna give him any money. We need him right now so to get them to a spot. Fifty Cent cares so much more about intimidating his daughter's prom date than whether he lives. <laughs> I, weird. He cares about it's a her. Weird word for me. He cares about her more than him. That's another neat little thing that they do in the movie that I like is we get to see Fifty Cent like very involved in his family life yeah. and they're happy. Yeah, and yeah. Clearly, as his wife loves him, his daughter loves him. He's in, he's there, and then opposite of that, Gerard Butler is just fucking a menace to everybody that's not well, a cop. Well, that's the whole thing is that they they put these two crews, like they juxtapose them, and they're mm-hmm. like basically like these these bank robbers are essentially better family men, quote unquote, yeah. than the cops are. I, uh, I would have, I just can't believe they didn't try to drive out of the stall traffic at the end. Yeah, it I mean, bothers that, me every time. I think there's a lot, uh, picking nits is, is one way of putting it, but just like, I think that the cops probably would have been like, we can't possibly do this. We're going to get 50 people killed if we do this. Right. Gerard Butler's just like, let's fucking go. Let's get these guys. And it's just like, you've got 100 civilians. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they weren't expecting all of what happened to happen, though. Minor nitpick is just Gerard Butler. He's been at the gun range with him. True. He's not going to get shot with a bow and arrow. Yeah, but he, he's thinking like handgun. He wasn't expecting the big daddy gun. yeah. Minor nitpick, Gerard Butler, who we've just seen smoking, eating donuts, staying up until 6 a.m. every yeah. night. Now he's in this athletic running scene. I think he goes like five feet before he's like. <laughs> he just starts like throwing that. up. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think the adrenaline kicks in. I don't think Bourbon that guy can run donuts. more than 50 feet. <laughs> yeah, I think the adrenaline. That dude is in a rough life. Any other picking nits? I had a, a, a nit. This movie's perfect. I have no nits to pick. See? You are nailing it right now. You are really. It's so good. I I had Why is he I, you're making him sound like Buffalo Bill? <laughs> I don't know. This movie's perfect. I had a Pumpkin I had a, thieves on. a nit to pick earlier. Uh I wrote it down in my notes. I was confused about why the women were mad about um the food being old and bad and like why if yeah. they're if they're you, in on you had it, a whole system of dry ice being waiting in, in the ceiling panel. I'm like, why are they calling to the front? Why why are they calling the restaurant to complain about it? And then that's when I realized Donnie knew that they were going to be hacking into all the phone calls out or into the restaurant, and he needed for Pablo's team to believe fully it. believe everything. I have one more nitpick. It's perfect. Again, it's perfect. Butler goes to the bar a couple of days later after the after everything goes down. To the Hofbrau, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, has Donnie been here? And they're like, no, he gave notice two days ago. Like, was he, what was he expecting Donnie to be there? Yeah, like, Donnie's going to go back Donnie's to work. escaped from- Donnie breaks out of handcuffs yeah. after obviously being implicated in a robbery of the Federal Reserve. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I better check into work. I, better, go. I, I don't want to let Ziggy down on the night Want to make sure he wasn't in the Hofbrau. Yeah. <laughs> Thought that was a little. The Hofbrau is am- an amazing bit. Just like a German soccer bar that's only populated by like federal employees, cops, and bank robbers. Mm-hmm. Please dial me in. Uh <laughs> Any other any other picking nits? No. Best none. quote. None. Oh, best quote? Yeah. We're cop killers now. We're cop killers now. I like come on, I give agree. me a hug. We'll save a fortune on therapy. Come here, give me a hug. 
Come on, we'll save a fortune in therapy. <laughs> he says that to his ex- Gerard Butler has so many his good lines. New, new boyfriend. So many good lines. I also where, like, where are the bad guys? I also like, bro, we're with family. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we should mention that Bill just stood up to do that. Yeah, that's not Craig's fault. Yeah. <laughs> bro, bro, we're with family. We're with family. Don't appreciate you popping We're with off. family. We're with Candy, <laughs> Delisha. <laughs> <laughs> Just because they're dancers doesn't mean they can't enjoy a Benny Hanna meal without some fucking asshole yeah. middle linebacker. Maybe say cop. dates. I agree. Dates might have worked. That's better family. Than because family. I think Fifty's uh, wife is there. She okay. is. Boom. There you go. Gotcha. Yeah. Get the tent. Uh, any other best quotes? No, that's the one for me. That's the one. Even now, when I watch it, every time he says it, I'm like, it. Like, ooh, we're cop killers now. What does I he get. say at the end right before he dies? Your guy Schreiber. Oh, he's like, I told you. That's what he says. Like, I told you I'm not going yeah, back inside yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. I love when the guy's bragging. Like, he's as literally he, about he's to die. like, I fucking told you. I wasn't <laughs> going <back>. <laughs> <laughs> my, my lungs are filling with blood. He's like, yeah, you told me. You're dead. Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix yes. show? Yes. yes. About the follow-up, I would just say that you got to change when you reveal Donnie's. Uh, I think that the, the hotel room scene has to happen in, like, the second episode or the third episode. I actually think, who's your guy who called you? What's his name? Gutierrez. Gutierrez. I think he, Dennis Thieves 2 could have been a Netflix. He could have really gone I would also the watch payday. a 10-episode Netflix prequel. That was just... Uh, That's what I want. Laveau and Merriman like coming out of the military. And I, Robin I, I want to see them in the military. I want to see... We can see... I mean, there's so many different versions here. You can see them in the military. You can see them when they get out because they do a couple of robberies yeah. beforehand. And they get he gets fucking caught because of a taillight that's out. Like, oh, that sucks. Also, the Merriman in prison show. Merriman in prison is like my number one. I need to see... I need to see... Pablo in prison, all puffed out yeah, all the time. Like just, I, I could have spent an episode at the Benihana, try to find out about the staff, <laughs> a couple of the chefs. What else is going on there? Uh, probably unanswerable questions. Mm. I had one. We've hit almost every other one. When mm. Nick goes to his, uh, you know, the, the neighbor's house or wherever where the double date is happening with his wife, mm-hmm. why... Like it's just so random, but Nick's... The, the, the other guy, not the guy who's with his wife, but the other guy is Irish. Yeah. Nick, I was gonna call you. That's probably that's probably why, one of why one is there just like an Irish guy here? That's one of Butler's friends, like in real life. It's it like probably a, is. Yeah. Or like a, a Scot- it's probably a Scottish guy. Yeah, like yeah. put me in the movie. It's oh, probably I got Butler's homie. I got you. Uh, any other unanswerable? It's like me putting Joe House and Dennis Thieves too. <laughs> I want to. I want to know what position Merriman played. He's gonna be like outside linebacker, be, right? Inside linebacker. You 50, think inside? Number fifty-five. Mike Singletary, right there. All right, that's probably true. Um, I want to know. What Gerard Butler's next like five years are looking like after big for Big Nick after he solves? Oh, it's all downhill. This whole it's thing. all bad. Like what? What does like two weeks later look like for him? Uh, I, I mean, a lot of a lot of uh, family court probably, <laughs> <laughs> probably a lot of internal affairs reviews of his behavior since like probably fifty people died in the do highway you, shootout. Do you like the scene after he sees his daughter and then he goes in his car and he cries? No, no, I yeah. like it. That could have been what stage the worst. I like easily. it. I yeah. like it. Dennis Thieves too. He's just in Superior Court in Pasadena, <laughs> trying to get visitation rights. So, do you, are they? Are they not? I know I showed up and uh, you know I started really aggressively hugging her new boyfriend. Hey, are they, are they not overseas for for part two? If we're guessing, oh, the it, diamonds got to be Dennis Thieves too. Yeah. Right? and then how does Gerard get there? I mean, you just so. be like an independent. He's vacationing in London. Yeah, that's right. Just, just so he happens. always wanted to see Manchester City play. <laughs> So his dad thought he'd stop by London for a couple of days. Yeah, I wonder if it's one of those ones where he's like, I know he went there. 
I'm going to be there. And then Donnie has to outsmart not only Butler, but like the local people as well. It starts, Den of Thieves 2 starts with Butler's on the plane and he's being overserved and he's insulting whatever. And an air marshal has to like get involved. So and then he says to the air marshal, you and me, let's go get yeah, Donnie. I'm okay. so excited for him Den of Thieves 2. Who won the movie? Oh. I think it's Schreiber. I'm going, I'm going Pablo. It's hit, it's between him and he Butler. He keeps this movie like this movie feels very real because of him. Yeah, I, lo- I Butler's incredible in this movie, but I'm going to give it to Schreiber. Yeah, I'm with you. I on think that. Schreiber is the too cool for school. Oh my god, Bill. alternative pick. You get this, very, you know what you get really testy when you're not hosting. Nah, <laughs> this is like it's like the cool. He's been pick. making fun of me. Now yeah. making fun of you. It's a little testy. No, he's the best in the movie. All I know is when this movie happened, one of the two people sitting at this table, and it wasn't you. Texted me, you have to watch Den of Thieves. Gerard Butler is really going for it. Was your text? <laughs> yeah. So how does Schreiber win the movie? So you, Guess who wasn't are you in that Giuliani-ing text? Are you Giuliani-ing me now? No. You're, 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 you're has, like, Guess who wasn't in your first messages? text to me about this movie to get me to watch I, this movie? I know Pablo you. Schreiber. If I say, hey, Bill, there's this incredible Pablo Schreiber performance, you're probably going to be like, who's Pablo Schreiber? I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. Pablo Schreiber's great. If I say Gerard great. Butler, He's who you great. see at Lakers games, who's like around in LA, you're like, all right, I'll do a shot. He's great, but. I could get five other actors who no, could be no, who no, you the can't. Fuck are you going to get you to can't. Be six foot five? You Let can't. me finish. Who could be between sixty and ninety percent as good as he is in this movie? I cannot replace Gerard Butler with anybody. Nobody else is going to look at this role and, and do all the things he did with it. It's just not happening. There's no other actor in his age range who's like, I'm just going for it. Like Nick Cage ten years ago, maybe. Sure, but Crow Nick 20, Cage yeah. now it's sailed. Russell Crowe it's sailed. Who is left? Nobody's left. Nobody's going to go for it like this in that role. This isn't. This isn't like Pablo was so much better than. But this was like ninety eight and ninety seven. I get They're it. close. I just think. But close. I will remember this as a Gerard Butler. I I always believed in this guy, and he finally came through for me. Movie. Oh no! He had done that well before. I'm and, not a law abiding citizen guy. What were the other ones you listed? Law abiding citizen is incredible. I'm not. Uh, falling, the White House is falling. in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You've been advocating for Jamie Foxx. Like, there's your Gerard Butler, Jamie Foxx movie where they're going head-to-head, and he gets out smart. That's great. This is Devin Booker, age 34. He's on his third team, and he's finally, like, in the Western Conference Finals. And I'm like, yeah. I was, I always believed in this guy. It finally this, happened. This is this is LeBron James. Pablo, Pablo <laughs> Shriver. This is LeBron yeah, James. This is LeBron. Eastern Conference against Detroit. His 48th special, 29 out of the last 30 points. That's right. This is the this is Pablo like here I am motherfuckers. One of the great Latino actor moments of all time. All time. Bill Simmons, Shea Serrano. This has been Dead of Peace. We watched this. Thanks for listening. <laughs>don't forget movies and other things. The new book from Shea Serrano. The first one on the Ringer Books imprint is available now at every bookstore you could possibly go to. A lot of the places you could buy books online. Help our brother out. Movies and other things. Get that book right now. We'll be, uh, we're going to be on a little bit of a break with the rewatchables for the next couple of weeks as NBA season gets going. And then we'll be back. We have some good ones coming up in November and December. So until then.